J&J. He's Justin. He's Jared. Two leashed dads that get together to discuss life while chained to their everyday responsibilities. For example, supporting our families. How are you doing, buddy? I hear we have a special guest. We do. And this special guest tonight is none other than a great friend of mine, a best friend of mine. God damn, I still need to get him to listen to this damn podcast. Matthew Dodd. <laughs> hey, you guys, what's going on? Thanks for letting me join in today. Yeah, I've been uh, pretty busy holiday season, everything going on, but uh, definitely glad to be here. Definitely glad to uh, contribute and uh, kind of give another aspect and viewpoint to uh, life with kids or without kids. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, no, that's why I, you're yeah here. thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, much appreciated. We're going to. You know, this is the first time we are doing a guest show, um, and we look forward to doing some more like this as well, just to get other perspectives. Hit us up. You know where to do that. Uh, it's leashdads14 at gmail.com. <laughs> or we do have a Facebook page that's live, or just simply leashdads. Uh, but yeah, so how was your week, Jared? Tell us about your week here. Uh, getting ready for the end of the year is a big part of December, because uh, with my job, I'm in commercial insurance, and a lot of companies have their year end on January 1st for obvious reasons, so a lot of their insurance, you know, takes effective and ex- expires on January 1st, so in order for me to take any time off during the holidays, I have to get all my work caught up a week prior to... <laughs> you know, the new year uh, in order to have any time off. So it's a bit of a bit of a rush time. Uh, so work was all right. Uh, we had Natalie's family over yesterday for a Christmas gathering. That was very fun. We hosted. And, uh, yeah, it was a good time. A uh, lot, of, lot of people in the house. I'm not used to having that many people in the house, but it was the food was great. We had Swedish meatballs, one of my favorites. Uh, BLT dip. I mean, you name it. Oh, and Justin, I think you'd like this. The buffalo chicken dip. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I almost broke out right the... <laughs> I almost <laughs> broke out the blue cheese dressing for that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just necessary. didn't think of it at the time. Oh, man. Uh, you like your ranch. <laughs> I had pizza for dinner. Now you're making me hungry again. I can't eat anymore. Jesus. Yeah, and... and as I was telling Justin before we got on, like my kids have been on a, a just an attitude rampage since Friday morning, and it has not stopped. So, trying to squish that before it gets out of hand. But other than that, doing good, doing good. Excellent. How was you? How was your week? Uh, yeah, you know, it's not really anything special here. Um, work week was just kind of same old, same old. We've been doing some activities for our little just fun little contest here for the month of December where we are going around a board game or playing a board game and based on our uh, key performance indicators and little bonus spaces as well or when we get like bookings or opportunities made set up and whatnot um, I don't know what the prize is yet for making it around the game board or whatever but who knows um, but are you although, still doing pretty good with that yeah I'm still I'm still in the lead uh, after I know last, like I know week before you were doing pretty good. I mean, you had a bunch of spaces that you. Yeah. So in the first two days of the game, I had 20 spaces and that was just, you know, we finally updated the game board to show or reflect the 20 spaces, which is actually kind of nice. Um, but I'm still, I'm still well ahead and well, uh, maybe like six or seven spaces in the lead. So it's not too bad. Um, 
that's just impressive to see finally have some sort of competition or competitive drive going on here um keeping me keeping us motivated to the end of the year uh as far as that you know um it's been a overall i think a busy weekend uh tried to get some trying to get our kind of like a guest bedroom now set up here uh or it's actually going to be turning into one of our my shitlands uh rooms here so he can finally have his alone time i guess if you want to call it that uh where he at first he's wanted to have his siblings in his room and now i think he's hitting the age where he kind of wants to start doing a separation thing again um yeah <laughs> so and then it's just been kind of wrapping gifts too getting ready for the big christmas event that's coming up so God, that's my week in a nutshell gifts i haven't even bought in half the stuff yet i've been wrapping gifts since like one o'clock this afternoon <laughs> or well, a little good. earlier so that's Mr. good you should be prepared <laughs> yeah i know especially uh with everything that's happening here too with uh Eleanor coming into the world here in a few days or whatnot, uh, or pretty quick. Um, we got to make sure we're prepared. So, hey, Matt, how's your week? I know it's new to you, so tell us about your week here. Uh, no, my week's been pretty pretty hectic, pretty going on. Work retail, so a lot of it's been, like like uh, Jared was saying, last-minute shopping. This is the prime week, two-week period, so oh, yeah. um, definitely prepping for that one. worst enemy. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, work's been hectic. Work's been good. It's been a good kind of hectic. That that kind of keeps you busy. Um, definitely a lot more manageable than it's been in years in the past. So, definitely in the retail sector, there's a lot of stuff going on. But no, this is a good holiday season, and uh, I have the fortunate event of not having too much going on on my holidays, other than prepping for hosting for, for family to come out for oh, you are hosting Christmas for weekend. Uh, I mean, I just, I host the parents. They yeah. come here. We go to Christmas oh, okay. at my brother's place. But okay. uh, other than work, eating up my entire week, had corporate visits coming in, had a lot of good visitations, and then uh, leading into my first weekend off after eight days and had a little bit of a sick day in the middle of there while still going to work, even though I shouldn't have. So, <laughs> so you, were, you were sick uh, prior to this? Like, you, before uh, you went into that yeah. day? Yeah. No, it was coming out of it. So I ended up adding in on a Tuesday and that I normally am off for, for a corporate visit. Mm. And then that's when I started getting sick and made it about three and a half hours into a work day. And then uh, I kind of bailed. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, wrapped up the rest of the week, but basically pushed me into an eight day work week. So I heard you were. I heard about. I remember hearing you saying you got sick. I yep. just wasn't sure if you were sick before you went into work. Something going on, man. I'm telling you. Sudden, yeah. It was some kind of bug. You, you, 24 hours. Felt pretty rough, but uh, I believe it. Obviously, since bounced back, so but uh, no, been of off this weekend. Around. Yeah, been off this weekend, so it's uh, it's all balancing out and getting ready to go back in tomorrow, and then I'm off on Tuesday, so yeah. <laughs> nothing too nothing nice. too bad, but just enough of a break for me to you know sleep in and get more sleep than I haven't been getting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're so. all there with you. We know what that's yeah. like, so. <laughs> Maybe just in a different aspect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For different uh, reasons, right? And, and a lot more of a quantity on my end. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, that's, yeah, yours is more, I choose not to sleep very well. Ours is, shitlands don't we let us choice. sleep. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely the uh, the other end of the pendulum on that one for me, so. Yeah. I sleep in by choice when I want to. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, basically. You go to bed late, wake up 
really late, whatnot. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Over it, overall, it sounds like our weekends are just kind of pretty good. If, if work wise, if it's not chaos, then it's nothing. I know last week we talked to week we did kind of talk about adjustments to being a parent, becoming a parent, uh, whatnot. Um, again, Matt being our guest, he's going to talk a little bit about what it's like to as an adjustment uh, becoming like an uncle. Um, so really getting a different perspective here tonight as well. I uh, just wanted to maybe rehash a little bit about some adjustments. And then tonight we're going to really focus on, as Jared mentioned, no, hasn't mentioned yet, but I'm going to take the thunder, <laughs> behavior. Go for it, man. So. Yeah, um, so let's, let's finish the adjustments. I don't think I had any more really um, besides, you know, you're never officially ready uh, be prepared to just wing it because there's no correct parenting book out there. So, yep, that, I agree. There's definitely, you're never going to have as much as you can read about what to expect, like when you're expecting, it's only going to be able to do so much for you. Right. Um, I know to kind of rehash what I said, it's always going to be like, do what you can. Don't try to. In, in regards to being like a, a step-parent, you're always just going to be there for the child. Their needs are what you should be focused on, not yours. Just r- uh, keep that in mind. Cap and, yeah, before we cap off adjustments, Matt, did you have any adjustments uh, being an uncle in your life? Oh, God. The shell shock of even visiting, hanging out with kids, that kind of thing. I still remember coming over to Justin's the first time, and you can't hand a kid that uh, food that small. I'm like, it's fine. Like, they're going to choke. I'm like, <laughs> that that just initial wave of, like, it's passive for me. And you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, dang. You got to, you know, crackers, break them up, cookies, puffs, things like that. You, you got to have small things. It's soft enough. Is it hard enough? Um, on top of that, I mean, I still I go by the philosophy. If the kid's not big enough for me to pick up and throw into a couch, <laughs> too small for me. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, you could say you're kind of. I'm a very precautious one. Ones. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to play with kids. It's just that that breakable age, that breakable thing. Like you said, you can read as many books as you want. It'll only get you so far for being prepared. Even even being even you know, like an uncle, walking into that situation, that's just you don't think about it. You don't actually you know, but you don't. So there's a lot going in and a lot coming out of it at the same time of the realization of just how fragile young children are. And then even the progression of, you know, older kids, you know, toddlers, it's just mind-changing when you think about it. What uh, what two, three years does, just completely and utterly different from, from what it was in the first time. So yeah. that was definitely the biggest adjustment that I had. It's just the realization of how much I'm used to compared to what you can't do with kids that small, so. <laughs> yeah, what you're normally used to as, like, yourself being a kid or what you probably remember can reminisce about as being a kid versus what you're doing nowadays or um, maybe, I don't know if you've necessarily ever babysat for anybody, um, but you got to keep in mind of what you can and cannot do. Uh, with you got to keep in mind of the audience you are babysitting for or that you're right. hanging out with. Yeah. And Matt, you definitely that, covered that. That adjustment right there, like you said, the audience that you're with and obviously that that adjustment period for me i think it took me what a couple months of exposure at that point because obviously it's not that constant it's not that day-to-day that i that you guys have but once you get into that you know that general track that mindset just 
it's just shocking. <laughs> There's not much else you can put onto that one. Yeah. yeah, I think it's hard to go in and out of those situations with younger kids. Like, you come over to a, the other person's house and they got a younger kid. You've got to, like, switch your mindset to, you know, dealing with a younger child instead of just dealing with yourself. You know, it's it's definitely something that I don't remember fondly, grow, you know, before I had kids, just going into in-laws or whatever and having a younger baby there and just, like, Having to talk differently, or if they're a toddler, not swearing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mannerisms, for sure. That is that is a big right. part. I think that's and, also and, part of the behavior, though, too. Yeah, and that's something that I think, the after the initial shell shock of what, what do kids need, what can I get with, you know, do with them, what do they not need around them, that kind of exposure, um, that on and off switch of being with younger kids and then not, Honestly, that fell into a pretty good groove. That adjustment period wasn't as bad as, you know, you kind of thought. Like, jumping in, you're like, oh, I'm just small kids. You know, I got to make sure I do this. I make got to make sure I can't do this. Once in that you know environment, it was like a switch. Every time I come over, every time I do that point, switching to the kids, it's more of a realization of my adjustments to their current situation. Like, oh, the, the kids are, you know, a year and a half older than what they used to be. The kids are teaching me things that they're okay with or things that you know they're okay with like hey here's your own juice cup you need help with that no i got it and you're like whoa yeah. what happened to a year ago you just, need, you just right. need to help you, you know, put your shirt on the right direction put your shoes on and you know that's my biggest you know constant readjustments you know with that exposure so um oh you can wipe but it's a good thing now. it's okay. definitely <laughs> yeah it's one of those ones where like i don't need help go away and it's just this slight reminders like hey did you flush Go wash your hands. Yes, I did. I'm like, I've been here the entire time. No, you didn't. It's fine. But they don't need that help. They just need that, you know, parental push to do the right thing. And they know what the right thing is. They just try to see what they can get away with, which right. clicks. So um, constant readjustments, even even now as an uncle, from what it was like a year or two, you know, when I'm fresh. It was just, it's definitely, uh, definitely a fun thing. Interesting to see, so. Yeah, so behavior-wise, uh, you know, Justin said with the swearing and stuff, we have to kind of adjust, uh, you know, when you're going over to their house. But, you know, when you have kids yourself, it's a constant. You know, obviously when they're little babies and they're not close to talking yet, you can kind of let it fly still. But that stops as soon as the you have a toddler in the house and you have a newborn. So uh, I even get leery with some music that i have on or my wife has on you know she like she likes her her rap and hip-hop and stuff and some of the stuff that comes out of their mouth it just <laughs> is cringy i don't want my kids to hear this but yet are, do they really understand you know? <laughs> yeah no, definitely for sure um but i know my kids like lizzo my wife likes Lizzo. I kind of do too, but she has a lot of. She says "bitch" a lot in her songs, and I I hesitate putting that record on anymore because my four year old will sit there and sing along with every bitch that she says. So, uh, not not super. Good, <laughs> and as long as it is like you know, kids have that understanding, that behavioral teachings of what they know is appropriate in yeah. in home and even you know in public. Um, it's definitely not that hard to understand where kids kids learn and they, 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 they teach you with what you think is, oh, no, I shouldn't be doing that. And the kids know that, oh, you're not supposed to say that. That's a bad word, Mom, Dad. Right. That's a bad word. You can't say that. I mean, 
I've gotten the same thing. Uncle Matt, you're not supposed to say that. Okay. Touche, man. I let it slip. That's my bad. Touche. Um, but it's just that, you know, that that mental leaps that make kids make, where it goes from a behavioral like, hey, you're not supposed to do it, to they start towing the line because they know yeah. that they want to, and they hit thirteen those ages where that's what they do. They tow the line. <laughs> right. I, I and I've actually have a have a situation recently. For like the past two months, when my daughter, when four-year-old plays, she plays with her toys, and like one of her toys says, you know, I'm going to kill you, or you're going to die, and like, you're dead. It was like, wait, you're four years old. What are you watching or listening to that you have this in your head? And like, if we're watching TV and there's somebody with their eyes closed, uh, just motionless, is that person dead, Mommy? <laughs> what? It's just shocking so, stuff. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy because then you got to go back and think, okay, where did she watch this? Was it something I did? Because I don't want to be responsible for any of that stuff that might end up in a bigger problem later on, you know, which is at oh, school yeah. or something. It's definitely one of those things. Like you said, you just where's the exposure? Where do they get it? How are right. they How are they behaving towards it? Is it a positive thing? Do they understand that? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? You know, where's that? where's that situation still standing with them because kids know kids kids take a lot mm-hmm. both from tone from experiences like the same thing you know kids playing dead me and justin's kids playing out all the time we play a game where we pretend to break the other person's neck we okay. make them better so it's you yeah. know snap your neck up you're dead but then it's fine like the kid understands obviously it's a game he knows it's not a real thing but you know where's that line between is this going to be something effective behaviorally or not you know, are kids right. going to take this negatively? Is this going to have some kind of a adverse side effect that you're not going to know of? So um, it's definitely something to, you know, like you said, towing the line, being cautious of it, it's usually the safe side too. So yeah. definitely one of those things where you, you want to make sure you're careful with it. But uh, at the same time, kids are having to fun. Add, so. Yeah, to add on to that with the playing, uh, my daughter also likes, or she used to go through a phase where she watched, I don't know if you know this, uh, spirit, that horse, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she went on a, a, just a binge of a bunch of the spirit stuff throughout the streaming platforms, and I noticed in those movies, I actually sat down and watched because I, I was a little bit concerned when she's playing with her sister, but they take ropes, obviously, and tie them around the horse's neck. Well, what does she do to her sister, who's two years old? Yep. Takes rope, whatever she can find, and ties it around her neck and treats her like a horse. And they beat the crap out of that horse sometimes. So she literally pulls her sister by her neck around the house. And you got to put a stop to that. Yep, behavior thing. Not with each other, not with brothers and sisters. That's a no-no. we got to be gentle. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that's just the movie. That's not okay. We don't do that to, to right. other people. That kind of thing too. So, um, and that's the same thing. You know, where, where do kids learn things? Is it behaviorally okay? Does it have negative side effects? Same thing. Kids don't know. They can learn. They can pick up on a lot of things. But when they don't know, they think it's harmless. So it's definitely making sure you catch those behaviors early on. Like you said, yeah, hey, we what... don't <laughs> we don't drag your sister by the neck. We don't do that with a with a rope. That's not okay. That's, I would yeah. say that's very, very dangerous here. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, welcome back. <laughs> Otherwise, this will be interesting. But no, I definitely agree with you guys about the behavior. That's you know that spirit movie, never a bad thing that they would like to watch it. But what they learn from it, right? 
and right you know okay that's kid behavior how do we handle it as with our own behavior though right uh, to back back to Matt's point or view right when we're snapping my children's necks in a playful way where we just lightly twist it, <laughs> right not don't guys please don't take this the wrong way we're not actually doing this it's just for fun and the kids know it as well because they're getting a giggle out of it and they do it back to us and we pretend okay it's all pretend but it's like that that kind of behavior that we do have right that is fun behavior you know that's where a parent or an uncle is having fun or like an, even an aunt for a matter is having fun uh where acceptable maybe i don't know depending on the viewpoint of whoever <laughs> might be peering in that's maybe why i recommend just doing it in your own house or a house that you know this it is a safe environment to do it in if you're doing it out, out in public then you're probably doing something wrong <laughs> people are probably gonna pay attention to that and be like what are you doing to your child no no he's still fine i promise he's okay he's not actually dead it's a great As way to get know, child giggling. services called <laughs> that's and that's the big problem too it's like nowadays everything that we view or everything that can happen or be viewed as negative is negative yeah so then all of a sudden they're going to call ch- or cps there or somebody's going to question you or call the cops or whatever it may be because somebody is somehow offended but you know um i think some of the behavior changes that have happened is again the swearing i've i guess i've always kind of had a decent filter uh when it comes to or you know being cognizant and having a filter on so watching my language hasn't really been a thing um you really do you have it better than i do that's for sure it may i i do have my slip-ups don't get me wrong and then i think matt had pointed on this earlier as well as like that's a bad word you're right you caught me the funniest thing was the other day we were watching a TV show and it ended up saying, I don't remember the word necessarily, but my youngest son ended up saying it back. Oh God, that was funny. Oh my Whoa. God. Are you talking when he, when he, when he called someone a bitch? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Sam, Sam's watching two and a half, two and a half men and Nico just walks up. He just walks up onto the couch with his tablet gets up on the tablet and goes bitch and we're like no nico sweetie we don't we don't say that and like it was just one of those here regurgitate moments kid wasn't paying attention no idea the definition of the word but one of those ones but he took that in stride like he was like oh okay and then he went back to his game but it was just a pure sponge in one in someone squeezed him a little bit and then he just regurgitated it right back out it's like It's not like we were reprimanding him by any means. We know it's not like he's saying it all, all willy-nilly uh, or continuing to say it either. It's, again, he's hearing it, so he thinks it's okay to say it now, um, which is now, like, one of those big behavioral changes, but its n- I don't think it's actually ever going to change where we're going to watch some of that PG-13 uh, rated TV shows or movies at all. It's something we've always done in the house. Um, it's just... We have been, I would say, fairly good about making sure that our children are not actually saying or repeating the, those words. We're, we do yeah. tell them, hey, this is not okay. Yeah. The kids know. They, they, they know 
you know, what what's okay, what's not okay. They know what they hear, especially with the parental guidance of we don't say that to other people. It, you know, in a TV show is one thing. We don't say that to each other. Um, and the kids know that. I mean, I don't think I've ever hit a point where any of the youngest kids are regurgitating that, like you said, where they're, they're constantly thinking that, playing with the words. It's more so they hear it, they say it, and it's the corrective. But we don't say that to each other. You know, that kind of – it's just something they hear say. So um, a little bit of exposure is honestly good for kids. It is. A little bit of exposure helps – defined behaviors helps them learn helps them grow um and definitely that corrective early on with parental guidance of there are certain things that we just don't say to each other things like that and it's good to have a corrective you know environment to be exposed to that where you, they know oh well that's not something we say to each other right right now i was i was gonna say um because i've had this issue uh or thinking thinking about some behaviors each household is always going to be different about how you raise your children how you behave with those with your children how they behave because of how you are behaving and again as kind of previously mentioned you are trying to better your children to or you're you're raising your children to be better than you right that is i think right. that is maybe one of my goals i'm not trying to make them be me but i want them to be better than me so they have a better future or better six like have a a more successful future so with their and that this also strives off of behaviors because if they're going to have a piss poor behavior they're probably not going to go anywhere right right yep. or somehow it's going to reflect and they may be stuck um, and i behavior in this sense is not necessarily how they're well, okay, it is how they take on, like, a certain situation, right? Or th if they give up. That's part of a behavior. So if they're giving up way too easily, it tells me I'm doing something wrong. Because they shouldn't be giving up on trying to either find something or work on something. Like, if you're working, I don't know why, but this is just one of those things that comes to my head. Working on the alphabet, right? Recognizing the letters, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, uh, in bit or capital or lowercase but if they're giving up or when you try to point out the word for example like is on a piece of paper and they're like i don't know now i feel like i failed them because is is a spot word or something you see commonly in like text or wherever you are so them not being able to recognize that yes it's also an age thing and they're still learning it and learning how to read but somewhere along the way, if they're just, I give up, not even trying to, like, look at the letter I and then look at the letter S and try to put that together as is, have we failed them? No. But if it's a I don't think it's necessarily that, that we've failed them. But if it's, a, if it's a continuous thing, then, where they keep giving up, not, not so much just off the example, but if they go... All right, this is is, this is, or the letter A is A or a, uh, um, but if they just keep saying, I don't know, or this is too hard, is that where you think we've failed as being a I teacher? would say, I'd say even go with Jared. Same thing, it's just, it, it gives you an idea of another, trying to find another method to teach them. Find, trying to find a new way to get them to understand or get them to experience it in a way that works for them. Because... Everybody learns or adjusts differently to how they learn things. 
So it right. could just be one way that you found out, you know, what was, you know, the the, the, the process before just isn't going to be something that works. And that's when you got to deviate, find out something new, whether it's more of an engaging, you know, learning curve, uh, more of it's just more rigorous, more of it's, you know, keep up with it, um, you know, exposure, reading nights, that kind of thing, or making an activity, you know, everybody learns different ways. So that's, I wouldn't say leaning too hard on failing your children, but it's just another way for you to realize this is another opportunity for me to try something else because kids are young. Kids are, you know, adaptive. You just got to find the way to reach them. So I wouldn't say, you know, if a kid's constantly giving up, that's just, you know, the current method of what you're using isn't working, but that gives you the key of not so much failing, but you've, you've learned a new way that you need to try something else. Right. Especially at a young age. I mean, all the kids, all the kids in that, that, you know, four, three, four, five, six, you know, where kids are starting to, you know, read words, things like that, you know, you read 20, 40 minutes a night, you know, five days a week, four days a week, maybe it's an activity with reading, like a, like a word flip, something like that. Um, there's definitely a lot of different uh, outlets on that one that could definitely work too, so. Yeah, and I guess, I guess you, br- I guess I was kind of just pigeonholing it, so. A little bit. <laughs> I'm not, by no ways am I saying I'm actually failing. It's just one of those. I, I wanted to bring it up as an example uh, for people that are thinking, have I failed my child? No, you have not, based on what you're hearing from Matt and Jared as well. It's it's time to change how you teach them. And that's right. why I think, you know, besides kids going to school, obviously they, they have no choice. Um but there are always different ways. You know, some people, again, are hands-on learners or visual learners or hearing learners. Um, as much as that applies to some of those basic concepts of how to read, that's kind of a hard one to change up. <laughs> you, you can't necessarily le- I mean, I could be wrong. You could probably learn to read by hearing somebody. Uh, but you also have – it's a combination of things, or it's all three things together. You hear me say the word flabbergasted. You still don't know what it looks like on the paper until you see it yourself and you're trying to do it yourself. Right? So yep. I can right. still teach you in all three different segments, but it has to be in a combination. Um, now, I think reading is I think reading is a difficult subject to cover since there's, I don't know how you would necessarily change up the way you teach them to read. Uh, besides maybe tackling a few words or sounding it out. But that's all part of problem solving when it is reading already. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah. you're right. Because at a certain point, you got to stop and ask, well, do they have dyslexia? Do they have some sort of, you know, problem with reading in general? Learning, nope. learning disability, right? I mean, yeah. all these things take a factor, and I think that also changes how we behave too as a parent um i know there are plenty of children out there that have uh, some sort of cognitive disability and i think it doesn't just put a strain on the parents at all it can put a strain on an uncle or an aunt as well uh as you want to do what's best for them but you don't necessarily you're not always necessarily around to do that either yeah, you don't want to be an uncle who buys their dyslexia, their dis, their nephew who's got dyslexia a book for Christmas, you know? No, you don't <laughs> yeah. want to do that. <laughs> Definitely I see not. Matt doing that. 
No, God, no. no. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've, I've actually, I have the strain of that one. I mean, adapting to, to you know, p I know people who have dyslexia who are our age. You know, it's, it's a different, you know, approach, and they know. It's just one of those ones. It's not something you talk about, but like, like you said, it could be another way, another tactic of how you approach, you know, teaching a kid that has a learning disability. So, um, you know, some things like that. Maybe there are books for dyslexics, you know, kids. You know, definitely a lot more pe um, things that are more targeted to help with their their you know learning disability or that kind of thing. So um, theoretically, there there could be that gift for you know kids that need it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean. So what behavior changes did you have to do as a new dad, Justin? I know with your first child you were in college, but when you came home from college, did you have to do any behavior changes um so there are definitely quite a few behavioral there i mean there's definitely some things that would show um you know how easily somebody can get aggravated uh or maybe learning patience right because you're you expect something to and this is something i still probably forget to this day not by any means you know just because of lack of experience or anything but when we when we were children, we got to think. Okay, we were doing our own thing, but our parents wanted to do something, so they had to they had to learn the you know relearn patience as well, uh, or remember that sometimes as a young one we hear what they want to do, but we still want to do our own thing. The w one one thing I had to really remember though as being a parent while still in college and being home during like the summer or like spring break um, or Christmas break was lear relearning patience and adapting and uh, changing how I act or behave uh, when my when my son was around um, because it is definitely a different thing as as I mentioned before though I d I'd had that filter so it's not like I'm or I have a, a fairly good filter where I'm not constantly swearing up and down or swearing like a sailor by any means um but there are there are other behaviors where again what i watch or what i'm doing uh just changing overall just changing up how i act uh try again the when i play video games sometimes i can get aggressive or extremely pissed uh, <coughs> and he'll say something uh that's where i lose my filter at that point but knowing my audience, again, having a younger audience around, I would have to make sure that I am on my A game at that point, making sure my filter is actually up and running constantly uh, so that doesn't happen. Uh, as far as, like, being a, towards a little one, though, um, change, I guess my behavior, oh, God, see, I'm s tunneling on just the how you, be, how you act, uh, and that kind of makes it difficult um it was just one of those things where i needed to remember to be patient or still have to find a way to be stern but not aggressive or like a yelling type of parent um now granted i still feel like i failed at that point uh because i think that's also where some of the issues have uh, have led me astray with him in that sense 
was still having <laughs> uh, always having to repeat over and over again, and then it caught it led to yelling. Um, yeah, and I still, you know, I've done my, I did my best to work on it where it's like, I need you to, you know, ha- had a talk with them. It's like, I need you to do this. Otherwise, if you don't do this, you know, I need you to listen on the first time and do, you know, act on the first time or respond at least not being like, all right, time to do this. Silence. I need, I need some sort of acknowledgement, um, in order to make sure that the commute my communication has gotten across so that's a you know a change that i've gone through a behavioral change is making sure there is some sort of understanding uh, or the way we communicate with our young with our children because um, you know i could usually tell matt or you something jared here but at the same time it's like you guys don't necessarily care <laughs> 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 or you're n- I'll, I'll i'll make sure i repeat myself to you um but at the same time, you'll still end up getting something out of it, right? Um, right. Because I know you'll eventually maybe cover it or get back to it. So I don't know. It just with a kid, it's always in one ear, out the other, or um, lack of lack of acknowledgement, right? Um, right. But that's where you know the behavior of communication comes in, making sure that they are listening to you or you're listening to them because as much as you want them to listen to you, it works the other way around. Right. So making sure that you are, or I had to make sure that I was an effective listener too, uh, or change that behavior of listening or not, (laughs) or or not listening at times. Uh, Because I do find it very easy to tune things out when I have lack of, interest in the subject I guess or so, I, I, I notice it a lot more about something going on it's like okay well you've lost my interest or I really never had much interest in this conversation um, so it's kind of just like a, uh, I'm listening but I'm not listening kind of sort of thing it, I think so. we've all been there I think we're all there and we still have those days it's never going to change it's just right how does it change? Who does it change for? So th- I mean, that's how I mean that's how I've started behavioral changes, uh, and it's always going to change. I think with each child, it's going to change um, because you never know if they're going to have you know with a learning disability, you have to find out how to work around it or work with them very closely. So that's where a huge thing of patience comes in. Um, but at the same time. I mean, each child, you know, you're going to do the same thing you try to do with one child for the next. Uh, and if it doesn't work, you're going to change how you do it or how you approach it, like we've talked about before. Um, but overall, if you have a consistent way of running, like, your ship or your house, it should sink in pretty quick that it's not going to be acceptable for one kid to do it and then another kid not to do it. You know, creating creating fairness in a way. Yeah, you gotta have that. So or at least I try. I think that's another way of behave. You, how you behave, it's like okay. Well, I can't just play favorites by any means. You know, I've no. always been asked. I don't know. I don't know if you get this from your girls, Jared, or not. Um, I mean, I've got this from my nieces, I guess, <laughs> a couple times. Like, oh yeah, Justin's always said I'm I'm his favorite. It's like, 
Those words never came out of my mouth. <laughs> Not yet, I hope, because I'm going to say uh, I don't have favorites. You both are my favorite. Yeah, see, I, I say – or you can spin it this way because I used to do that with my grandma as well. It's like I'm your favorite eldest grandson <laughs> or I'm, I'm your favorite grandson. But she'll be like, you are my favorite eldest grandson. So we're, yeah. you know, adding those extra words to make it and then all of a sudden be like, and you are my favorite firstborn granddaughter or whatever it was. So ma making sure you specify how it is and not just be like, yep, you're my favorite. Well, guess what? Because then all of a sudden they're going to tell the next person that you're my favorite, too. And it is true. Uh, but that's the thing. You got to make sure you're not. You don't have those favorites because the kid is one kid is going to resent you at some point, or they're going yep. to start or uh, building feelings of resentment. Um, and it, it's never hard, but at the same time, like you said, you're my favorite eldest daughter, or you're you're both my favorites. Um, because as a parent, you're not supposed to have favorites. Thoughts? What about Matt? As an uncle, do you have any favorites? Do I have favorites? Yeah. Do I tell them? No. <laughs> like you said, everything everything is in you know favoritism, the whole resentment thing. Kids love having attention. Like you said, being patient with them. You know, finding a way of a kid telling you about a drawing that looks like a stick, but it's not a stick. It, it it's hard to pay attention, man. It looks like a stick. <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, I got I got favorites when it comes to kids, but uh. You know, every kid needs to be treated, like you said, that, that modicum of fairness. Each kid needs to have that same kind of exposure. Otherwise, well, that's not fair because Uncle Matt likes you know you more than me, or he doesn't like me at all because he never plays with me. You can't do that with kids. You really can't. Impressionable age, really young, they take that to heart. Then they have behavioral issues where now they're feeling like they're not getting the same kind of you know love and affection from the people that right. they, they're, they're around. So... Um, yeah, I have favorites. I'm allowed to have favorites, but that's True. for me to have, and that's for me to you know obviously not share with kids. They're all my favorites. I'm you know I'm I'm the fun uncle, but at the same time, they have to have that 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 you know approachability, that affection from me. You know, what's the point of having an uncle come over? Where, oh, Uncle Matt only wants to play with you. Ugh. That's no, I like all the kids. True. I like all the kids, yeah. but like I got favorites. Yeah, <laughs> going back to your behavioral slash shock initially when um, with with me being kind of like the first one since you know we're like we're, we're brothers uh, from another mothers and such um, when your when your brother your bio brother had kids was there a different or was the shock reborn or reinitiated at all for me like how so well just in general so all right. I mean, it's probably a shock that, hey, by the way, my brother's pregnant or had had children. That's a shock right there in a sense. Even though <laughs> um, I wouldn't say too much as, as the fact like, oh, my God, my brother actually had kids. No. Like knowing him and my sister-in-law, um, even when they had kids, I think my biggest shock was how much my brother just didn't trust me with what I knew. Because like I knew kids will be super warm and, and, and you know, open up to you. 30 minutes after you're, you know, they've acclimated, right? When yeah. kids don't have that constant exposure, you know, Uncle Matt isn't Uncle Matt till, oh yeah, it's Uncle Matt. 
whether it's 30, 40 minutes, an hour and a half, you know, five minutes. Not every kid opens up socially. My brother totally didn't expect that for me to know everything that I did. And like, I, that was my biggest adjustment in behavior because, like, you know, my niece. Oh, she's usually really social. She's fine. She'll warm up. It, it takes a little bit. It's fine. And they go, what? I'm like, yeah, it's not the first kid that I've hung out with. <laughs> like, yeah, I, every kid takes a little bit of time behaviorally. Some kids decide to, you know, run up and put their face in my crotch. That's what they love to do. <laughs> Other kids, oh, yeah, this is Uncle Matt. I do like him. That's right. Yeah. You know? Or There's that. Uh, do I get a hug? No, not right now. <laughs> oh, God. Your youngest <laughs> is terrible with that right now. He actually opened up. So, yeah. But, like, I'd say, you know, behaviorally, kid, kids open up that constant compared to, you know, intermediate exposure. You know, Uncle Matt visiting once every seven, eight months, you know, when you know, we were living differently apart compared to Uncle Matt's been gone for a week, two mm-hmm. weeks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that kind of exposure, kids adapt grow upon it like i can go see my niece at my brother's house right that environment changes from when she sees me at work her and you know my sister-in-law were literally just in five days ago super shy it's she's out of her element and that's fine because you take a kid out of her area out of what she's comfortable with yep being at home oh hi uncle matt to be eating in the store oh oh hi it's just that, you know, comfortability with kids, too. So um, yeah. my biggest shock with my brother is he just he didn't expect me to know as much as I did, especially when he had his kids. Like, no, she's really social. Yeah, she is. But I'm a different person. I'm a she doesn't know me yet. She has to I'm remember a, I'm a stranger to her, essentially. Yeah. She has to re put her toes in the water, feel it out. She knows me, but she just can't fully remember. And like. Certain kids, they don't care. Certain kids are super social, and certain kids are very reserved, especially in the case of, you know, my brother not having a lot of people coming over, not having, you know, siblings for the first, you know, two years she was alive, you know, that kind of thing. So, compared to, like, your kids, mm-hmm. constant motion, a lot of stuff going on in the house, people coming over, friends, family, you know, there's that social aspect where, you know, kids behave differently based on what they're used to. So um, right. that was probably the biggest shock, honestly, between the two groups of kids that I <laughs> interact with regularly <laughs> is that constant exposure of like socialness and that constructive socialism that, my, you know, my brother and my sister-in-law impose on the kids to get them social because right. um, they don't have as much, you know, people coming and going as you guys do. So. The flow, the flow of traffic, human or the foot traffic, is definitely different. I know. I think one thing, talking about kids and how they adapt or are social, uh, sociable to each other too, like or in their different environments, right? Like you said, she was, your niece was in a completely different environment, like in a mall. Um, it's something she's definitely not used to, just because when she's at home, she's at home and she's being watched by somebody else that she's very comfortable with, right? Yep. The she knows it's a controlled situation. It's Compared a to a mall, there's a lot of variables. Where can she run and hide? She doesn't mm-hmm. have anywhere. All she has is hide by mom or dad and that's it. So. Yeah. And I think that's a big issue too, right? Where, let's say you throw, well, I, my kids and my, my nieces and nephews and things like that, right? They're a little wild. Uh, and my kids kind of adapt to that, and that it's a concern though too, right? Because how your kids interact with one group of kids, now how are they going to act with another group of kids? So like when you're yeah. in school, is their behavior 
And how, now how does a parent change that behavior or address that behavior that happens at school, right? So when a kid is being bullied or, um, I don't know, just how do, you, how do you interact with your friends? For example, um, and this isn't necessarily from a parent's perspective at all, but like from being friends with you guys, right? Jared, you and I are very sociable. We go out, we had drinks uh, at, in college. Matt, well, he's just nasty to everybody. <laughs> I mean, he, know, he knows it. He, he, he was always kind of, be, it wasn't necessarily, I'm, gonna, I'm going to bully you kind of asshole, but it's like, I'm going to be straight with you in a sense, or I'm going to, you know, say what I mean, and or basically I'm going to be straightforward with you. And if it's truth, it's truth, right? It's not like he's necessarily lying by any means. But, you know, for example, oh, God, um, I got nothing. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's just in the air. It's, it's there, but it's not there. Um, being, being forgetful. Uh, but just like, the tr- you know how the truth hurts, right? That's kind of how Matt is. He's truthful, and people aren't used to it in a way. Is right? your filter turned off constantly? No, no, God, no, especially with, with kids. With people, yeah. With kids, I'll listen to a kid tell me about a, what is this, siren monster? Siren head? Yeah. Yeah, for five minutes straight, no clue what he's talking about. I don't care, but the kid doesn't want me to tell him that I don't care. But uh, You just sit there and agree. You go, yep. Oh, cool. But then the same thing, you hit that behavioral age where, you know, King, 10 years old, kid doesn't have the same leniency as he used to, you know, what he's saying, oh, yeah, 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 that's not true. Don't lie. What you're saying is not true. Like, let's not, you know, miss information, a bunch of stuff. Um, I'll be real on that one. And that's just one of those, you know, behavioral, cultural, you know, learning yeah. curves. Like, kids, behavior-wise, young? Eh. Once you start towing the line, you're, you're being disrespectful to, like, siblings or each other on purpose then yeah, you're going to get straight talk. <laughs> you're going to get a straight talk, and that, that's just a learning curve then. You know, you don't want kids creating false environments. Monkey see, monkey do, right? If hey, one right. kid's allowed to do it, well, why can't I do it? Well, that, you know, you got to nip that then. I mean, and that's, but, the, uh, that's the whole thing too. It's like, again, the social aspect at home and then, you know, carrying it over to how it goes in school or how school social, social interactions are happening and how they carry it to uh, their home environment too. That, how how do parents address that? Uh, is very. I I won't say different or difficult, but it's all a learning curve for everybody, because now you have to be like, okay, what's my child gonna come home or come home from today? Um, or let's say my kid did bully somebody. It's like, you get a phone call from the principal and you hear their you hear the one side of the story. Now you want to hear both sides of the story, like. You're most likely when the principal calls home, they're going to tell the victim side of the story versus your, like, the other child's side of the story. So now you got to get the other child's side of the story. Hopefully, you know, you, you don't expect, like, a substantial amount of details when they're telling the story, but you're still hoping they're going to tell you what happened from their perspective that's still holding integrity and truth. Rather than be like, I, I did it because I, I don't know. 
or I had no I had no reason. Well, obviously there was something that happened that caused you to do it. So why did you do it? Because I right. I mean I don't I don't like I don't let the I don't know fly. That is. There was a reason whether they want to admit it or not. Everybody has a reason for something, whether it was a poor judgment because of spite, jealousy, anger. Stone it. Something it'll grow from. Yep, and that's all you got to do is just address it, too. I don't know, Jared, do you address any of that? Or have you had any, th any of that with uh, your daughter? Or, I mean, your four-year-old at all? At this point, trying to get them to stop and think before they do something. And I don't know if the two-year-old has that capacity to do that yet. When she gets mad, she just instantly hits. Just instantly starts swinging. And it's weird because Eleanor never really did that. So it's a bit of a kind of a, a shock to stand back and say, well, how do I deal with this now? Because I didn't ever have to deal with it before. And as far as, you know, Antonio, he, I don't, I don't know. He didn't have good communication as far as telling us why he did something. I don't think he knew exactly why he did something in that moment. I don't, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, my wife is always, you know, allow them to feel what they feel. Don't make their feelings, a, you know, a, like a negative thing. They are allowed to feel. They're allowed to have feelings. They're allowed to be sad and mad, whatever. Just you, we have to work with them on how they handle it. Healthy way to outlet, yep. Yeah. It's okay to be frustrated, know, but verbalize that. It's okay right. to be upset. Just find a, a healthy way not to retaliate or something like that. Um how you express your emotion is a big thing. So I get that. Right. And, and even with the, you know, I, I've been on like a personal growth journey for like the past two, three years now, but I'm starting cause you know, as Justin, I think said earlier, the patience, as some of you may know me, I have zero patience and apparently that's the way it's been in my family for years and generation, grandfather, great grandfather, you name it, it goes back. But I've been ha I've been stopping like what I'm telling my kids to do. I've been stopping, thinking, and then acting, and not instantly acting on my anger, emotion, yelling, whatever. Yes, it is extremely difficult when you're on your fifth time telling them to do something and they're arguing with you. But at what point do you just stop, quietly walk away, and try to address it with a clear mind or a new attitude or? like I've been doing recently set them down in a quiet space and just try and this is mainly with Eleanor and just try to get down to what they're feeling and how it should be handled without hurting anybody agreed agreed much uh very much agreed because you need to when a kid is all wound up you are honestly not going to get through to them right so if they are and I, I, this is a problem with a lot, not even just kids, but people in general. Uh, when you're angry, you're gonna, you may say things, but you're also probably right. gonna say things you don't mean. Um, so your your reasonable conversation isn't going to be there. Like your your fine reasoning or just any any kind of decent skill that you've learned to use. So when you want to talk to your child kind of discipline them or find things out 
that's a, you know that's something you need to remember to do. Change your behavior, how you approach the, that type of situation. Make sure that both of you are calm and clear. That way, you ha- also don't have any distractions either, yep. or have any. Yep. I'm not saying I'm not saying by any means that you're still angry and you want to hit somebody. You're like you're just all of a sudden take it out on the child. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you have this frustration that it you yourself aren't going to be reasonable and listen to your child when they're trying to talk to you. You're just going to try to maybe push on them. It's like, no, you're in the wrong. You are so in the wrong. It doesn't matter. I'm right. You're wrong. Whatever. But when you hear their side of the story of why they're doing something, as a parent, you're able to all of a sudden take that in and still be like, have a clear thought process as well. So um, I know we're getting close on time here, if anything, uh, maybe a tad over. I do apologize. But um, what are you what are some other thoughts here? Like or just kind of a wrap up thought here as what we've gone through. To wrap it up, I mean, I think the most important lesson to take from this, I guess, would be to, you know, if if your behavior is, if you personally, if your behavior is to automatically lose your temper or start yelling back at the kid, it's going to escalate into a very chaotic situation that a four-year-old, three-year-old isn't going to know how to handle. So it's up to you to stop. Take a deep breath and try to work it out with them so they can understand wh- where you're coming from and you can understand where they're coming from. Uh, and then also just, you know, be mindful of what age the kids around you are so you can adjust your behavior to match that. And let's not forget, they're also going to take in how you react as well. And they're going right. to use that as like a, oh, well, daddy got pissed off at this. So it's okay. Oh for no, me to shit. Get pissed off. Right, and that's and that's that's kind of what I'm dealing with here. Is that before I was trying to work on this, I did just automatically went from zero to a hundred, and you know, all right, time out. Let's go sit. You know, go sit down. Go to your room. Mm-hmm. Instead, and that's why I think their tempers have gotten so short too. Is well, that's just how I was. You know, that's the past two years of my life. Daddy losing his shit over, you know, something. Something so menial, right? So then I'm gonna lose my shit when something goes goes my way. You know, it's it it's a double edged sword. It sucks because <laughs> now I'm trying to fix it. Yeah. Well, Matt, Matt any you got any, any thoughts? Final thoughts from you? <clears throat> no, I honestly I think you guys nailed it. Patience, healthy outlet, communication. You know, kid kids need to express themselves. Kids need to have that you know exposure, and how you react or how you you know, respond is going to play a key role in everything. You know, you want to make sure yep. it's a, 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 a you know healthy environment. If a kid's upset, that's fine. It's good to be upset, but right. how do we d- d- explain or you know deal with those emotions? You know, it's okay if you know people aren't understanding you know somebody on the first try, like Justin was saying. But how can we take that? How can we learn from it? How can we take it from just uh, a poor reaction to a healthy learning? Um, and that's the biggest thing is I think patience and communication is just every kid is a little different. Every kid, even if it's the same household, you know, so-and-so got away with this, you know, why are they allowed to do that? But I can't that communication and that adaptive learning environment 
key for every kit. Nope. Similarities are are gonna ensue, but uh, there's always differences. So. Certainly well said. Thank you very much. And you know, it's, it was a great honor having you as the first guest of the show as well. <laughs> um, you know, and Jason, let's talk some dad jokes here, shall we? Um, I oh actually God. found some other ones here, so I'm not going. I'm not going off our calendar tonight that I have been in the what? past. I I was on TikTok the other day, and I was like, there are some really good dad jokes in here, or really good funny right. ones. So, what do you call a good-looking pig? What? Da ham. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. I just, I just walked in. I just walked to the binocular shop. They saw me coming. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I only got one. I, I literally only have one that comes off the top of my head. Let's hear it. That's, what, do you, what do you call two guys hanging in front of your window? What? Kurt and Rod. Kurt and Rod. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's, what do you what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs in a in a pile of leaves? What? Call him Russell. <laughs> what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs sitting out in the lake? A Bob. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's good. All right. What do you call a guy no with no arms and legs hanging on your it. wall? No, what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs hanging on your wall? It's art. Jeez. Oh, my God. That, that's what I got for you guys. Oh, I, love it. I love it. Thank you. Those are good. I do have one more here. Um, or No, two more. Sorry. The bank keeps calling to give me compliments. They said I have outstanding balance. Oh, God. <laughs> and, uh, lastly... What does a sandwich cook? Or when does sorry, when does a sandwich cook? When? When it's bacon, lettuce, tomato. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No. 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 Nope. Jared's not a fan. Jared, Jared oh god. Yeah, those are some those are some of the good dad jokes I found off of uh, uh from TikTok, sadly enough. But Oh yeah. gosh! Next week, I'm pretty sure it'll be back to the calendar. Uh, I just w- I figured it would be a nice change of pace here. So, um, without further ado, again, thank you very much, Matt, for coming in tonight yes. and providing your out or your input and your perspective on uh, an uncle's behavioral changes. Uh, what it's honestly like to be maybe an uncle and how you act with honestly just different kids that you interact with in general um but without further ado as always jared thank you for being an amazing co-host thank you again for being constant an amazing co-host, co-host. <laughs> constant co-host um but we will see you next time enjoy